Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Welcome to another edition of SEC Football and Beyond. I'm Neil McCready, Chris Landry with me here today as well. It is uh, Friday, November the 20th. In this godforsaken year of 2020, we are uh, almost <laughs> we're almost to the end. Uh, next week is Thanksgiving, so if you are uh, traveling today, like my daughter Campbell is, like I'm sure a lot of you are, if you're out traveling, be safe, be careful. We uh, we'd love to be able to see you again on uh, on Tuesday. So when we get back together for what I hope, Chris, is another week in the SEC. We're due to start week ten next week. I think it's the storyline as much as we <laughs> as much as we hate it. I think it is. I think the storyline today, Friday is uh, are we going to get to tomorrow? And I think the answer is yes. I can tell you this. Arkansas is razor thin right now. Missouri is razor thin right now. Uh, Ole Miss and Texas A&M aren't playing. They Frankly, they should be. That's not my opinion. That's the opinion of qualified people that are very close to the situation is that that game could have been played. Uh, There is some frustration. The frustration that the league had at LSU a week ago, it has at Texas A&M today. Uh, But there are there are some of these games that are uh, there. Boy, they are on the chopping block. I think Chris, LSU and Arkansas are going to play tomorrow morning. I think Chris that Missouri, South Carolina are going to play tomorrow night. But man, nothing would surprise me as of this hour. Yeah, it's certainly uh, frustrating. We all understand the circumstances, but uh, we've already had what I think was the premier game of the weekend, Ole Miss A&M, uh, knocked off. And, uh, yeah, we could end up seeing another game or two. Although, one thing we have, I'm trying to think, we haven't had a late uh, – maybe, maybe I'm missing something here. I don't think we've had a late cancellation yet. We usually, it's usually like, oh, by Tuesday we know it, but it, it could happen. It just because it's not the norm, it could happen. I am now focused a lot on like AM. I'm trying to figure out now with two games. So they're not going to be playing on December 19th of the SEC championship game. They're kind of in the mix and one loss. I get all that, but they're not going to overtake Alabama unless just something weird happens. Um, so they've got that weekend, but you know, I'm, I'm particularly interested, as you mentioned, you know, Tuesday, you know, the fifth looks like when LSU Bama is probably going to be played, um, LSU Florida the week after that, 
A&M, though, figuring out now a couple of games, getting them in. You got They got the 19th to work with, but yeah, we're, I, we're up against it now. There's no more pushback, and I don't even know if there's room to fit what we have left. So I think there is. Now, there's no margin for error. A, another screw-up, and we're done from us getting an all-in schedule. And the league wants to get it all in because they want the full money from their network's partners. You're sure. Of course. Well, <laughs> of, of course. course. As, as they should. So you can do it. So here's let's let's assume for the sake of, of this exercise that all of the games that are scheduled for uh, tomorrow are played. And for the sake of this exercise, that all of the games scheduled next week are played. Okay. That's the key. That's what I'm worried about. Oh, yeah. where, where, where do we go if AM loses another game? And I'm thinking AM, selfishly, I'm thinking of the teams that are. I hate to put it this way. I know the money is a the, the huge factor, but I'm thinking of the teams that have a really good season that really, you know, the Alabamas, the Floridas, the AMs in this league, are they have something big to play for. Yeah. They need the games more than anybody for that purpose. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and not to interrupt you, go ahead. <clears throat> you guys are seeing how this works. Chris thinks about football. I think about money. So that it's uh <laughs> that's how this works. Here. Yeah, that's that's why he's got it and I don't. No. <laughs> so um you can do it. So here's how you do it. You you take again, everything gets played Saturday, everything gets played next week. You get to the fifth, you take the old miss. Uh, Ole Miss is scheduled to play at LSU. You bump it to the. Uh, I mean, hold on. Let me let me work. Let me got to work through. That, that, that would be the nineteenth. It bump it to the nineteenth. You can bump Ole Miss <clears throat> to the nineteenth. You can put Alabama and LSU on the fifth. Correct. And play that game. And in LSU Ole Miss be the nineteenth because yeah. LSU Florida is on the twelfth. So you take tennis. So A and M A and M in this scenario plays. Um. I'm going to try to think. Okay, A&M would play Auburn on the 5th, which is what they're scheduled to do. They play – I'm trying to remember how this works. No, no, no. A&M plays Ole Miss on the 5th. Correct. Instead of Ole Miss playing LSU, they play Texas A&M. Texas A&M moves the Auburn game back a week. They're supposed to play Auburn on the 12th. In this scenario, they play – I mean, plus play Auburn on the 5th. In this scenario, they play Auburn on the 12th. And then uh, they – no, no, no. They play Tennessee on the 12th. They play Auburn on the 19th. So you move – they flip that game. And here's my understanding, Chris, is that the league is waiting for Alabama to clinch. Because what the league doesn't want to do is step in, reshuffle schedules, send these athletics departments scrambling to make new accommodations and all of that stuff. And then Alabama gets upset by Auburn, and all of a sudden the West is not determined. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You can't. Exactly. You can't. You can't make that official now because this is how it would play out. That would be because the whole key is the nineteenth is the week that we've got room for everybody to play, except for. Florida and Alabama, who have to play one another, right. assuming those are the two teams. So but if, Alabama, so if it's not one of those two teams, right? Uh oh, then yeah. we gotta, you know, that's why we can't. They don't want to announce anything official. But so it's Alabama, being discussed. You're right. If Alabama beats Kentucky and then Alabama beats Auburn, Alabama clinches 
the SEC West because of they, we had the head to head over a and right. So next Sunday, the league has reserved the right to go in. They've they've already kind of announced this in the last week or so. Hey, we you know we let you know by Monday, right? We, we might change some stuff. So it's my understanding that that's exactly what would come, is that the league would would go in, and uh, I mean I'm Spartan. Barton, his questions right here. How likely are we to see a major shift in the schedule? I think really likely. Oh, I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's just, you know, and I know Spartan Martin also says, well, Bama's going to beat Auburn by three. Well, we're not predicting that anything. Otherwise, you can't make decisions based upon that. You have to to make it official if you're doing it from – but there's going to be the changes – the changes that we mentioned are going to be the ones that are changed, but can't be done until it's official. Because if there is some dramatic upset, then what we said just now has to be modified yeah. to make sure that you protect the integrity of the East and the West representatives. And look, let's call it what it is. Neil just said it. All the other games that has have no bearing on the SEC or national playoff is only being done for money. It, it yeah. really is. And, and, and look, I mean, playing a game, young guy, extra game, practice football guy, I, I, absolutely, that's important. But that's not critical. What's critical is making sure that you have it and got to have a game, I think. Alabama and Florida both plan on the 12th. You know, and, and and that's always been the plan that we'll have them being playing a game on the twelfth, um, because you don't want to have somebody with a bye week. It's a that's you know definite disadvantage. So, but yeah, stay there's, tuned. There's, you know, there's a way to do it. So, you, and then <laughs> okay, I'm trying to remember. Alabama would play. Um, Alabama would play LSU on the fifth. LSU on the fifth. Alabama would move their Arkansas game from the fifth to the twelfth. Mm-hmm. And Alabama would play in the SEC title game on the Correct. 19th. Florida, Florida's schedule is already sort of set. Florida and uh, LSU are scheduled to play on the 12th. And then Florida would play in the SEC championship game on the 19th. Um, and I guess if Florida were to stumble against Vanderbilt this weekend, which is laughable, um, they'd have to – well, they wouldn't have to do anything with Florida. They'd start, start having to look at Georgia's schedule, but – Let's just play along here. Right. And assume- right. But my concern is not if Florida slips, is that if a game with Florida or Alabama or AM, a future game is postponed. Or, well, I guess now would have to. I mean, I, I use the term canceled, postponed. Um, but if we have another one of those, is what I was saying at the beginning, that's where I'm concerned because then you run out of time without moving back. The championship game, you run out of weeks. All this stuff we talk about, you can't. If it happens to a non-Florida A&M or, or uh, Alabama, you can, all right, well, you maybe you don't get the full money. I mean, you can figure that out, and that's important. But what is important, well, most important is, all right, you can't have Florida win the East without playing you know, a game, even if it's against Vanderbilt. And again, we're going to disagree here because I, I disagree with you. I know what you're saying. The, what, the, what the league is trying to get the athletics directors and people inside the league to understand is that it is about money. 
that this year is about money. It is about team. Oh, sure. Money. I'm not saying it's not. Right, right. I'm just saying that what the league is trying to do is convince, like, for example, if Arkansas doesn't play LSU tomorrow, from a competitive standpoint, from a championship standpoint, it doesn't matter at all. That, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's not important. Money is important. I'm just saying only for the integrity of yeah, the, 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 it, it doesn't matter. But what I'm uh, trying to tell you, Chris, is that we are hit the point in the season where the integrity doesn't matter anymore because they're looking around at the Pac-12 and they're looking at the Big Ten and they're seeing all this stuff and nobody's even sure. This is what I'm trying to get people to understand. No one's even sure at this point today that we're going to get to January the 1st. No one's sure that we're going to get there where you can have playoff games. From a league standpoint, the finish line is December the 19th, and there's a path to get there playing all 71 of the games that are on that contract. But to do it, some teams have got to chill with this, hey, we're super – like A&M, what A&M did this week was nothing but competitive. And that's what they're begging them not to do. What LSU did last week was nothing but competitive. And that's what they're begging them not to do. They're basically saying, and you see Sam Pittman say this at Arkansas yesterday. He's exactly right. Hey, if we can play, we're going to play. Because what they're trying to get them to do is get there. Because if you get there and you get the full money, this thing is survivable. Because here's where this thing's going. And I'm surprised more people in my field aren't willing to talk about it in these terms. No one knows what the bowl season is going to look like. We look at how all the look at the rhetoric nationally about the virus right now. We're talking. People are saying, "Hey, we got to lock it down. We're shutting down schools. We're shutting down this. We're shutting down that." I'm not getting political, but that's what people are saying. And so you get into a basketball scenario where a basketball season either can't happen, or you you can't have the full tournament. You can't get the full tournament money, and then maybe you don't. You you can't play a baseball season. You can't cash in on some of those revenue opportunities because like. Look at LSU, at, at Arkansas, at Ole Miss, at South Carolina, at Mississippi State, these schools that typically make money on baseball because they fill up their stadium day in and day out. People come, and it's, it's a part of their lives. They come for a weekend, and they pack the place. And at those programs, baseball's in the black, not by much, but by a little. Now, this year, those programs aren't going to make money on baseball because they can't fill up Alex Box. And they can't fill up Duty Noble, and they can't fill up uh, Baum and Fayetteville and the the facility in, in Columbia and, and Swayze here in Oxford. You can't fill those up, so those programs are going to lose money. Who pays for the lost money? Football. Football can't lose more money. They've got to get these games in. And if you don't play them, you lose that percentage of the money. And that's what people are trying to get across from a league standpoint is, hey, we talked about this this summer. We talked about how we've got to get these games played. This is not the season that is all about championships. This is the season that's about getting to the starting line and getting to the finish line. And for the SEC, they got to the starting line and they were cruising right along and then hiccups and hiccups. And now they've had a couple of notable hiccups that are built around nothing but competition. And that's what's, that's what's threatening this thing. Well, no, listen, I, and I think, Listen, I don't know, but I feel strongly we're getting to our playoffs that we will by hook or by crook, they're going to we're gonna get there. I, I I fully believe it because of that reason, financially. And I am not at all 
dismissing the importance of finances. In fact, I, I agree with everything he said. What I'm talking about is strictly the competition, which matters to me. It may not matter to, to as much to others. And I do think the, the finances, that is, a, hey, having worked in the athletic department, I know how much finances uh, are, are critical today, particularly with all the expenditures that you've added because of the increased finances, you lose all that. It's a major problem. What I would say, and I get it, that other conferences are not going to have an integrity uh, or, or, you know, the Pac-12 is not going to have a team, you know, in my mind. The Big 12 won't have a team. A group of five won't have a team. And I, I do think, at least for the SEC, competitively, may not matter to them, may not matter. But I do think that it matters because you could have, well, definitely one, maybe two. I think it is more important for a Florida or an A&M, and I'm, I'll make the for this argument, this, the discussion that Alabama wins the SEC. Well, Florida's out then. But, but if Florida were to win, but then, you know, they played one last game, they'd still make it. I think if you have a second team, whoever that would be, is missing a game or two, I think competitively would kind of put them on the same plane as some of these other leagues. But the difference being that the SEC has a team that looks like a playoff caliber team. If Ohio State loses a game, they still look like a playoff team. They lose three, then it becomes, boy, they sure look like a playoff team. But my God, they haven't even played any games, you know. That that's what I'm thinking about from a pure football standpoint, and I'm not dismissing the finances. Oh no, no, I I've just kind of accepted that that is a hundred percent true. I'm just looking at it strictly from a all right. I think that it comes down to the best teams, which it, I think are Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and a fourth team. And I think that fourth team, you know, be it Notre Dame, be it you know. I'll, Florida would lose a second would be A&M. I think A&M having a schedule that not is really strong. I mean, if Notre Dame were to lose, then you're looking at A&M and you're looking at them if they are missing a game or two. I think that matters a little bit in terms of how you evaluate A&M. Maybe not how you evaluate Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State, but A&M doesn't look like one of those. They look like a, you know, can they be the fourth? That's all I was saying. But no, I Yeah. Those are great points. Financially, those are great points. And some of what you said, I didn't think through quite as much as you did because I'm not focused as much on it because I know the finances have – hey, finances have to be taken care of by somebody else. I'm just thinking the football part. But I'm with you, man. I'm worried about the next couple of weeks. I'm about getting to be, I'm about to be paying for two kids in college, Chris. All I, I, <laughs> you worry about his finances. <laughs> I, I wake up thinking about money. I go to bed thinking about money, and I spend most of the middle of the day thinking about money. So it's just that I, I, I get the money part. Hey, you know one thing that I would like to bring up real quick overall, and I see Blake Robinson. Blake, appreciate you um, and, and Spartan Barton and all of you. If you, you're listening to us live on Twitch or Facebook, send us your comments or questions. You know, Blake says, I think BYU and Cincinnati should play one another and playoff scenario with Cincinnati. Something that's really interesting. And the Pac-12 has done it. They've said, hey, look, we're going to change on the fly to try to fit some schedules in. 
real quick, it's one thing that I've always said, and it's maybe dramatic, but in this year it's forcing it. I'm a big believer, Neil, in that the one thing that college football has always been hindered by is your schedule is your schedule out of conference, and you just can't really control years down the road. In flexibility and scheduling, not so much like what we have to do this year, but it's to the point that I've always said, let's play a schedule, and maybe there is a way to build in because there is – Blake is right. I mean, what you give me BYU Cincinnati, there are not many more games that I'd want to see more than that one just because I want to see them play. And I don't know what I would say for the team that wins it. I don't necessarily think it puts them in the four, you know, but I, I just like to see it. But I do believe that as we look into different models, and I've said this on different platforms, I want to say it. I may have said it with you before, but I'm a big believer that the the what I've always believed is have the football season and then have the best teams in the best bowl games, somewhat like we used to do in the old days, but a, not so much tie-ins, but put the best matchups in the best bowl games. Make December for college football in a, in a normal year, not this year, folks, like, you know, March is for college basketball. And then pick your four after that. And what I mean by that is you're taking teams – and you not quite sure because this team's unbeaten, it's really good, but they haven't played as tough of a schedule. It's a good way to figure out if a Big Ten West team, you know, that maybe is worthy of you, – you, how do you know? You put them in that game. You're trying to decide between, between a, I don't know, a Wisconsin or a Florida or whatever. I mean, just could be – I think the bowl games can help determine that and then you pick four it's not going to solve every argument none of it ever will but i think what we have every year is boy i just don't know about that schedule i just don't know about this well you can't control that and for byu cincinnati if we have those central florida then you can put them in a game to perhaps in a game that's meaningful not beating a uninspired auburn team but if a bowl game mean something in terms of your ability to stay in a playoff race. You're going to have less players opting out to sit out of the bowl games. You're going to have more competitive bowl games because the game's going to mean something. It might mean you're getting in the playoffs. It might mean I think we need I, I think things like that need to be looked at. It no one's talking about it or interested in it, but I am. And we've got our own podcast. So I just said it there. <laughs> Not I just believe that I, I've I've always I I agree with you completely, and you know they started kind of doing this in college basketball a little bit. They they leave an open weekend sort of, and and they throw some games in. It's it, it, it a made for TV event and whatever. I'd love to see that happen in football a little bit. Yeah, because you you can do it in basketball. You got a lot more games, but in football you can't sit there and say, "Damn, you know." Um, these two teams don't play. Well, these two teams look, I'd like to see these two teams. I got a way to figure that out. Bowl games become an extension of the regular season. Folks, back in the old days, bowl games were played after they awarded the national championship. That's the way it used to be back in the old days. They, they'd award the national championship. That's why the Heisman's always been in December. And then they play these bowl games that didn't even factor into the playoffs. And then, of course, they said, you know what? Might be a pretty good idea if we look at the bowl games and see 
how they match up. And then they said, uh, you know what? USC just won the Rose Bowl against uh, Michigan. Uh, Alabama just won the uh, Sugar Bowl. We're going to split titles. And then that's when that's what came about the BCS. Let's just make sure that the two best teams play. And now we got four. I, I don't think it is that dramatic to say, you know what? Let's use the bowl games, which Neil, I am one of the few people that love them, but they're dying on the vine. ESPN, just, Chris. ESPN. They own all of them. They own all of them, but two or three. And and, and but imagine if the bowl games were better matchups, where the extension of the regular season and the game, whether you won or not, might determine whether you get in as one of the four teams, or if we go to six or eight. Boy, that would be really important. And all of a sudden, all of these guys that sit out. Well, I don't say all of them. Some of them might. But you've got a situation now that's really – and as an NFL guy and all that, people ask, well, you must be glad this guy – no, I want guys to compete. South Carolina's entire team is sitting out now that their head coach is fired. Now, I don't realize they're not going to a bowl game, and you may not stop some of that, but think about if you are not playing in the in the, in the the uh, BCS – oh, excuse me, the playoffs, the bowl games are the invitation for most of the players won't play. They're going to opt out because the game is rendered meaningless. And I think we need to do something about that person. Anyway, I'm off my soapbox. I'm literally, I'm back in my chair. I'm off my soapbox. Sorry. You're good. I'm good. I like the Bulls too. I do. I love them, but they're becoming tougher and tougher to watch. And I'm like the only one. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people like the Bulls. I mean, I like, here's what I like about bowl season is because a lot of the Bulls are after Christmas, you know? Yeah, it's a it's, great week. It's kind of a dead week. And uh, back in the old days, before the virus, you could just go kind of sit at a bar, have a have a beer or soda or whatnot, and you could just watch the game casually. You weren't really locked into Air Force versus TCU and the poinsettia bowl, but it's on. You catch up with it. And if it got close in the fourth quarter, you had a betting pool or something, a bowl, a bowl pick'em pool or whatever, you'd keep up with it. That that's what I think that's where the bowls are good. And then late in the bowl season, you get the real big, highly publicized games or whatnot. But now, now and I'm I'm gonna give you the points at a bowl or any bowl you want, and it's BYU Cincinnati. And you know what? It's a 16 playoff era or 18 playoff era. Now that same bowl game that you're watching, the winner might get in the playoffs. Now think about how much more attention, much better ratings, everything that would be. I just think it would be really good. And and look, it 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 puts another hurdle for teams that are really good. And it gives the chance for everybody says, I want to see so-and-so get a chance. Well, college football is not like college basketball. You're not going to have the upsets. Then you're not going to have somebody with four losses go in. But I'm going to tell you, somebody with four losses upset somebody with one loss and knock them out of the playoffs or, you know, out of the, the chance to get in the playoffs. All of a sudden, those bowl games are important. They're big. They're meaningful. Eh, you know, just my thoughts. We've never had this conversation, and we've got some games to talk about. But I'm, yes, sir. But let's be perfectly real here. There's not a hell of a lot of drama on the SEC slate uh, today. We'll, we'll tease it today, and then maybe maybe in the next couple of weeks we should have this conversation. Spartan Barton says, I'm an advocate for an eight-team playoff with that December plan you're talking about implemented. We could have two lost national champions like in 06 and 07. I've said this many times. People have asked me if you could 
I've, I've been asked if you could change the outcome of one game you covered, which game would it be? And my answer is always the same. And it, it, people at first think it's, 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 there's fandom in it and there's not, it's, I've always been an advocate for an 18 playoff, whether that's right or wrong, good or bad. I'm for it. And the fourth and 25 game, Ole Miss, Arkansas overtime. Oh boy. That was, yeah. If you, <laughs> if you change the outcome Ooh. of the game and you let Ole Miss win it in overtime, the fourth Hunter, and, Hunter Henry, the Hunter Henry play. <laughs> if, if Hunter Henry's uh, lateral is in one, if it's any different at all, and Ole Miss recovers a fumble, and Ole Miss escapes in overtime. It's my opinion, pretty educated opinion, that that team was going to win the SEC, and Ole Miss was going to be eleven and two. They would have two losses. They would have had a loss at Florida. They they would have avenged in the SEC championship game, and they would have had a loss at Memphis, which would have been. A, fun, a, a fan, would have led to a great debate. Now, Ole Miss's wins would have included a win at Alabama over an Alabama team that would have, in this scenario, not been an SEC champion, but would have been 11-1. and one. And then you would have had Clemson, and you would have had Ohio State, you would have had Oklahoma. Somebody was going to get screwed and it was going to lead to a real extended conversation if Ole Miss at 11-2 and two either gets in because they're the conference champ in that scenario or gets out in favor of an Alabama team that they beat in Tuscaloosa. And if Ole Miss gets in, people are like, but they lost to Memphis, which would have been a very fair argument. And so somebody, whether it was Oklahoma or Alabama or Ohio State, was either was going to get screwed and left out, or they were going to take Ole Miss out, at which point Ole Miss's argument would be, well, the lesson here is that we should never play anyone other than the Sisters of the Poor in a, uh, in a non-league game because there's no reason to ever play a non-league game that is losable. So I think it would have led to an 18 playoff. I really do. I think we'd already be there today if that you change the outcome of that one game. And I'm for it. I'm for an 18 playoff. I think it, like you said, the bowls, the bowls are entertaining. But from a football standpoint, look, if I'm, I know he, I know he left last week. If I'm J.C. Horn at South Carolina, and my season ends, and I can either stoke, start getting ready for the draft. Or I can go play in the Weed Whacker Bowl, meaningless game, two days after Christmas at 11 o'clock in a made for ESPN game in front of 11,000 people. I'm getting ready for the draft. But now, if I'm playing in a playoff game that has real implications for my school, for my team, I'm playing in that game because I'm a competitor. Eight, eight teams solves a lot of this problem when we get back to normal. You take the five power five champions, two wild cards, and maybe this is where you take the one top team from the group of five. And in this scenario, you could even make them play a playoff game. This year, you could make BYU, for example, play Cincinnati. The winner gets into the playoff. There's a way to. There's a way to. Yeah. Well, the, the, and the way I think the way to do it is through bowl games. You know, it's a way to. That's kind of a form of a. It's an extension of the regular season that 
will help us determine and settle most, not all, most of the arguments about who should be in is the let's make them play in a bowl game, you know, and, and, and sure. for the ones that all oh, man, but what about the team that's played a tough schedule, that's unbeaten, they can go into a bowl game and lose it. And lose. Well, look, if you're unbeaten, you've gone through a tough schedule, you lose a bowl game, you still might get invited in the playoffs based on your whole body of work. It, it's not a playoff where you lose the bowl game and you're out. It's a another regular season game. So you might lose that last game, still get in. Your whole body of work will determine it. But no, I listen, I, I think I, I'll say this, that I remember one of the best games, one of the best. Um, when I was a young coach at LSU, we played a South Carolina team that was very good. Sterling Sharp was on it. We played in the Gator Bowl. It's one of the best wins, one of the best weeks of preparation. Everybody played. You, the I mean, guys were working extra to get healthy to just try to limp in and play in that game. It was just a big game. It meant a lot. I mean, it just it was huge. I mean, you know, I remember now today that game, no one healthy guy said, I'm not playing in that. Just you know, it's just it's a whole dynamic that's changed. And I think we need to look at as things change, we need to change with it and kind of kind of fertilize the whole system to where it, we can nurture it back to where it, it it may mean different things, but I think the bowl games are dying, and I don't want to be the only one that thinks. And, and look, I, I, I think they matter, but I, a lot of times I watch it because I'm watching prospects, and like you said, neither of the two teams, but maybe it's a, an Indiana team a couple of years ago that's ready to make a move, and you see some of that. I see that in bowl games, but that's not enough to get the, the mainstream fans to get excited about bowl games. It's just not enough. They need to get better. So anyway. I know now what buttons to push when I don't get you fired up. I just start mentioning bowls. Just there you go. Get, you all, get you all started up. I'm just, I'm just excited today about it. I'm, I'm really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of the matchups here this week, man, I don't know. It's just uh, it's like Florida Vandy next. And by the way, Mississippi State's another one that is razor thin that i mean that's another to look out that if we, i mean a, don't be shocked if all of a sudden they wake up and the bulldogs and the bulldogs gets canceled i don't think it's gonna get but they're like 55 ish or something and they don't they yeah. get 55 scouts of course they're all leaving well I can tell you this, <laughs> they're all I, departing non-covid wise here's what's interesting and we, we beat that up in the first half hour it's my fault there's, I know for a fact there's one SEC team, and no, it's not the one that I cover, that is under 53, and they're playing this week. I know it for an absolute fact. They're playing this week. Uh, they feel like they need to play. They feel like they, they, it's, it's good to play. They understand that this season probably, I mean, will, the Will Muschamp thing aside, although that was building, they understand that this season's not going to be judged in a traditional manner at the end of the year, certainly not at this particular program. The league's begging people to do this. They're, 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 you're right, Mississippi State's razor thin, and I don't think Mississippi State really wants to play Ole Miss next week. And it's a rivalry game, and, and people are concerned about optics and all of those things. Oh, yes, yes. And on paper, I think Ole Miss beats Mississippi State. 
uh, this this particular season. They're, they're, How much are we going to miss the Egg Bowl next Thursday night? I will. I, I'm glad it's on a Saturday. From from a beat writer standpoint, man, it's a it's a Thanksgiving killer. But anyway, from a fan standpoint, I get it. I'm hoping that game gets played. I'm concerned yeah. that it won't be. And I'm it's it's um. Uh, By the way, kudos. I know we've gotten off on a tangent today. We'll get to the games, but I, I give a lot of credit to Ole Miss and Mississippi State for taking over. Thanksgiving. I know you may not may not be convenient for you. Thanksgiving football was great over the years. I mean, I sat there and watched maybe the greatest college game I ever saw in Oklahoma, Nebraska, 35-31, Johnny Rogers, Thanksgiving. Texas, Texas AM was a great Thanksgiving rivalry. And then, you know, just kind of just kudos to Mississippi State Ole Miss for taking that mantle. And you know what it did, Neil? It made the Egg Bowl a state rivalry game, and it brought it – it's still a state rivalry game, but it's brought a lot of people eyeballs to it that, quite frankly, on the Saturday when all the other games play, yeah. it, it just does it, – it, they just didn't it, – it, it's a score. They saw the highlights. They made – it put a lot of attention. And then when, uh, you know, when you have something like, you know, you know, a, 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 a brawl or a urine for a surprise or something, um, you know, it just, you know, I mean, it's just been awful. I mean, I've seen poor guys' legs get broken and, and, and ankles get this. I mean, just there are a lot of things that's like the egg bowl. It's like, oh, what am I going to do without the turkey sandwich and a little dressing? And uh, there's really, it's actually, I was looking at, there's just nothing. It's be, NFL. We get the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington football team. What, what, what did you well, we, we, we get a, we get actually a pretty good NFL night game, but we, we yeah. just, ugh, we lose, we lose that. So anyway. All right. We're going to get to the SEC. Let's get to the games. Yeah, we will. First, I want to tell you that we're brought to you by Jupiter Security Systems. Make sure I put their uh, banner up here while I talk about them. That would be the nice thing to do. It's uh, there it is brought to you by Jupiter security systems. They're based in Madison, Mississippi. They provide your business with a help desk, allowing you to get software at a much cheaper price than you would pay going directly to Microsoft or the different cybersecurity services. Jupiter security systems offers businesses, the full Microsoft 365 suite email and spam protection, and they monitor uh, workstations and servers. They don't see your data, but they will know if malicious applications get installed on your computers. Jupiter can set up remote monitoring on a computer regardless of the location. So don't spend money on getting your employees new laptops to work remotely. Instead, let Jupiter monitor their home computers and protect your data wherever you choose to work. Jupiter Security Systems offers cybersecurity and monitoring. It's ADT for your computer systems and data. It's very affordable, flat price, no hidden add-ons. For more information, call Eric at 601-519-9583 or email info, I-N-F-O, at jupitersecurity.net. Or visit jupitersecurity.net. We're also brought to you by Blue Sky. Blue Sky believes in being fast, fresh, and friendly. Through the thoughtful layout and cleanliness of their stores, Blue Sky hopes to provide customers with a fast and easy buying experience. From services to products, Blue Sky plans to keep things fresh and always provide the freshest flavors of their brand name products and the best services available. They even bring in some of the newest products on the market to the stores. 
to provide an even better customer experience. A smile can say it all. And at Blue Sky, they want to show their customers that they care about them and their shopping experience. And they'll always strive to improve their efforts to accomplish exactly that. So check out Blue Sky today at any one of their 48 store locations across the Southeast. All right, Chris. So uh, big, big games in the SEC this week. We'll start with Florida at Vanderbilt. It's an 11 a.m. game. You can see it on ESPN. Give me a scenario, if there is one, where Vanderbilt even makes this competitive. Uh, there's really not. I mean, it's it's all on Florida, and if it's sloppy play. Now, I will say this. Let me just talk that Vanderbilt actually shown a little fight. They've actually played fairly well, all things considering. So um, I, I can make a case that, you know, maybe Vanderbilt will will play a little bit better, but it won't affect the, you know, where the game is going to go. Um, it's, you know, it's a it's what Florida wants to make this game. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I think the point spread 31. Heck, I have a hard, I mean, 31 I don't know. What's the, you know, what's the difference between 28 and 32 points? I get it. It's whether you win or lose money, but that's, that's kind of where it is. I would say that it's going to be in that range and, you know, certainly a game in which Florida will continue to score a bunch of points and that's going to make a, but Vanderbilt, I think can move the football and listen, this Florida defense has struggled against a lot of people. So maybe, maybe Vanderbilt can score, Maybe Vanderbilt can score 21 points, 24 points against Florida. I think it's possible. I just think it's Florida will score 60 or whatever it wants to, depending on how motivated and how uh, clean they play. I don't know if you saw this, but Kyle Trapp, his numbers this year mm-hmm. are almost identical. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Burrow's numbers at LSU a year ago with this exact same spot in the season. It's remarkable how exactly similar the numbers are. Now, it's completely different teams and all that stuff. But Florida is. Florida is a kind of a bad quarter in College Station away from from being much higher up in the conversation than they are. I'm with you. I don't think they can beat Alabama, and I think ultimately they get exposed. But it's it's remarkable where that quarter could have cost Trask a, a real shot at the Heisman because his, the numbers are exactly where Burroughs were a year ago. Well, I think what it does in our good um... – member of our chat room Spartan Barton is a big Florida fan and he has kind of hit me and sent me emails and Kyle Trask or Heisman he should be the Heisman and listen he's absolutely in that mix the 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 problem as I see it you mentioned one I think he can overcome that but the way he overcomes it is he's gonna have to have a great game he, he has to play well down the stretch he's gonna have to have a great game against Alabama and maybe pull the upset and that's, you know, okay, there are hurdles, and then there are, like, hurdles. Good luck with that. I, I think the problem is going to be, or the, the, the challenge is going to be, can you outplay Mac Jones? It, it, you know, if, if Alabama, and I know that there, it's an individual award, we all know that performance against A&M, you know, what was it awful? It just, it's, it's a mark. And the difference is, is Burrow didn't have any bad spots. His bad spots were against Auburn. A little bit for a half against Florida. They still won the game. And so when you're forecasting who's going to win it, people look at that. If you're looking at who is had the best individual year at quarterback thus far, in my opinion, it's been Kyle Trask. 
but it doesn't mean he's going to win the Heisman. And I don't know how he's going to finish up the season, particularly against Alabama. Play poorly in that game, or, you know, you just can't get it done. He's not going to win it more than likely. Spartan says, does Florida's defense have any potential to improve dramatically? It's kind of improving dramatically in late November is hard. Not dramatically, Spartan Martin. It can improve, and I think the way they have to do it is to play around it. So, for example, they can't generate a lot of pass rush. So when they get leads, they can force an opposing team to be one-dimensional. Then defensively, you don't have to worry about playing the run as much. And so you can bring a lot of extra pressure you can cause a lot of havoc, and all of a sudden, oh, the defense, look at the yards. and uh, The defense is not better, but their offense makes the opposing offense one-dimensional, which if you don't have to worry about defending certain things, it's it's an easier game. I mean, it's just easier. Uh, great news this morning. Kudos to, uh, to Arkansas for getting it done. Seriously, because they could have bailed, and they didn't. Uh, Arkansas and LSU is a go. They're going to play uh, tomorrow at 11 a.m. I don't know where the line is on this game. It started off at Arkansas minus two. The last I saw it was LSU minus two, LSU minus three. There are all sorts of rumblings about Felipe Franks and whether he's available to play or or what. Uh, but good for them. It's going to be a going to be a pretty day in, in Fayetteville. I see a picture. Uh, Hunter Yurchek, the AD at, at Arkansas, just tweeted out. 24 hours before the game, it's a shot of the field at uh, Reynolds Razorback. So what do you think about this this matchup, LSU and Arkansas? Yeah, you know, this don't know what this LSU team, lots going on in Baton Rouge. They've had a couple of weeks to kind of work. I mean, it's been, it seems like it's been a month since they had the 37-point loss to Auburn. That's the last thing that, a lot of things that they've had a chance to work on. Um, You know, this Arkansas team, you mentioned they're under man. Listen, this Arkansas team has been better coached this year. Um, I am very curious about this game. And, and if, it, if Arkansas was a little healthier, even more so. Uh, but I like the way Arkansas plays. I don't like the way LSU plays. LSU's more talented. Should probably win this game by 10, 13 points. I don't know. I think it's probably going to be closer than that. And uh, I think the real key is going to be for Arkansas defending the run. I think LSU is going to lean on the run a lot. If you can force LSU to throw, I think this Arkansas team can have some success defensively. And look, I, I think this LSU defense has been very, very shaky. Um, I, I would probably favor LSU just on personnel. Yeah, I think LSU is going to win. I really do. It's it's amazing how a year ago the line on this game was in the forties. I <laughs> know it was like, and LSU won like by thirty six. And I think they, you're right. I think they're thirty nine forty point favorite. And you know, <laughs> it's a remarkable. All right, uh, Ole Miss and Texas A and M. That game is postponed. We talked about that earlier. Hopefully, uh, they play here in a couple of weeks. That would mean that we are on course to getting all of the games in. Kentucky. Kentucky, a 30-point dog uh, at Alabama, that game at 3 o'clock. You can see it on the SEC Network. By the way, LSU, Arkansas is 11 a.m. on SEC Network. So uh, Kentucky goes to Alabama. I guess the same sort of question that I asked about Florida Vanderbilt. Is there a scenario where Kentucky keeps this quasi-interesting at all? 
Oh, I don't know. They they kept it interesting against Vanderbilt. They blew two 17-point leads. That's not the type of interesting you're talking about is can they make it interesting and competitive against Bama? I don't think so. I worry about them because even defensively, giving good effort, Bama will score, will score early. And this Kentucky team is not built for comebacks in the passing game. So I think it's Alabama by a large margin. Do you realize this is the first time that Alabama will play a conference game on the SEC network? Is that right? That's correct. Because all of the Alabama games are on the mothership. ESPN, ESPN2, you know, a, a CBS uh, they've played the, you know, the rent-a-win rent games on the SEC network, but Alabama has not played a conference game on the SEC network. How about that? Useless stat there. Uh, it's something new. I, my brain didn't know it. All right, so uh, Kentucky and Alabama. Alabama, obviously, a, a uh, they're going to cruise in that one. A fairly competitive, a chance to be a competitive game here. Tennessee heads to Auburn. It's a six o'clock game. You can see it on, uh, as Chris calls it, the mothership on ESPN. Tennessee, a ten and a half point dog. The last that I saw. What do you What do you think about the Vols and the Tigers? Is there a scenario where Tennessee wins at Jordan Hare? Yeah, because I mean, you know, I just don't trust Auburn, but I I trust Tennessee less. You could say Auburn's starting to find a little bit of a groove here. Uh, they had some momentum, obviously didn't get to play against uh, State. Um, I think the defense has played a little bit better. The offense, I think the offensive line's played a little better. Uh, Tank Bigsby is in a in a league with great backs. He doesn't take a backseat to anybody. He's been outstanding. Uh, I think that Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz have gotten better. Um, look, this Auburn team's better. Um, they should win. If you're the film tells me Auburn and probably easy, you know, my background in watching Auburn and studying Auburn is I never know what I'm going to get. I, I think Auburn can put a beat down similar to what they did against LSU. But, you know, it's a little bit of a revenge, a little bit of typical with Gus, you know, just when you count him out, <laughs> there he goes. So I, I think Auburn's going to win and I think they're going to win double digits. But am I going to be shocked if they lay an egg? I mean, really? Do we? Yeah, you know, watch Auburn if you, know, <laughs> guys, if you, if you'd be shocked on that. So, uh, I think that uh, you know Tennessee is the more interesting story. How it looks in a beatdown loss. It's just, I mean, Jeremy Pruitt's coming back next year, but he, he, he's he, and of course Philip Fulmer with his two his two year extension as AD. That's going to be interesting because, my God, are they are they after – they are just saying, are you free? You don't go to South Carolina. We can get them. And, you know, of course, you know the whole story. You's always had an affinity growing up for the Tennessee program. So but Philip Fulmer doesn't like him. Philip Fulmer is not hiring you, Freeze. But Philip Fulmer could get fired. This is just interesting. This, yeah. this is like next year interesting. Yeah, we, but, got, we got time. But, I, 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 look, let's get into the sexy stuff here because – Hugh Freeze is not getting the South Carolina job. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that now. You know it. I know it. He's not getting it. They're either going to hire Billy Napier or they're going to hire Shane Beamer. It's going to be one of the two. That's who South Carolina's hiring. Whether they should or shouldn't is another debate. I don't want to get down that. We, we, you got fired up about that on Tuesday. I want to. You said this about Tennessee really emphatically, and I'm not saying you're wrong because I think you're right. 
you said it kind of hundred percentish, and I'm like, whoa, I've gotten the impression. Now it's got to all fall apart for Tennessee. I mean, they've got to lose at Auburn. They've probably got to lose. Probably got to lose to Vanderbilt. Probably got to lose to Vanderbilt. But let's have this conversation if they lose to Vanderbilt. Then, it's, you know, I'm, I'm with you. Go ahead. No, go un- ahead. Unlike at South Carolina, where the Hugh Freeze thing was more of a media push that wasn't real, Hugh Freeze thing has some. It it has more legs with Tennessee, as best I can tell. I'm not sure that they're big legs, but there's some legs there. It 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 it, it would have to be without Phil Fulmer, though. And, and, and look, I mean, it's not to say they can't run Phillip out. Phillip doesn't like you. Um, I, I would think, though, that the credibility within that program with Phillip, even though he has such close political ties and he's just arm-in-arm with um, Jim Haslam and the um, – oh, gosh, I forget uh, – his last name, Dish TV dude. Um, you know, I just I, I get the sense that look, Philip is not making the move on Jeremy Port because it just essentially etches him. But look, yeah, it could be um, from a higher up, and higher up means outside in. Like the booster says, we want Hugh Freeze, we want him now. We're buying out Pruitt. Mm, Philip, you're gone, or Philip. You don't need to like it. This is what you're doing. I mean, yeah, that could happen. That's how it would have to happen. And it could. I I, I don't get the sense inside that they're interested in doing that. But let's revisit this after a loss to Vanderbilt, which I don't think is going to happen. But, you know, we all know that uh, it ain't going to be pretty because Vanderbilt's the only game that I think good chance to win. Scoop <laughs> Tennessee's got Auburn, Vanderbilt, and then Texas A&M left, right? They played Texas A&M. That's correct. That's correct. Florida? uh, Auburn, A&M, and Florida. Okay. And and Vanderbilt. So they got three losses if you you give them a loss. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I mean Van, Vanderbilt's the only win there. I mean, and I mean it's a, it's a, look, it's a, it's a sizable upset in my mind if they beat Auburn. I big upset against A and M. Not beating Florida would be a humongous upset. They're not beating A and M either. Well, that's what I said. They're not not beating A and M. You know, I mean, it's just it's Vanderbilt, and they don't play well and they lose it. Look, I, I've been around this enough to know nothing is. I, it just doesn't sound like it right now, but it's not right now. <laughs> and uh yeah, it's gonna require this TV guy and Jim Haslam and them to write some checks. But look, interesting. I think I think that's the job that Hugh Freeze wants. In fact, I agree with you. We've talked about it. I don't even know that he would you know, I mean, I know he preferred the Tennessee job over South Carolina, maybe to the point where if he got the nod and he's you know, represented by the same guy that it, it represents everybody. So Jimmy Sexton, um, he might even to the point might even sit it out. If South Carolina came around and came calling, he might be willing to say, you know, um, I don't know that he would, I I'm speculating there, you know, I don't think, so. um, he really, he had, had a, an affinity growing up for, for Tennessee. There's a lot of folks did in the South. Sure. Um, We'll see. 
But anyway, we'll see how that plays out. South Carolina, uh, they are, let's see what's the line. They're a five-point dog at home against Missouri. The game doesn't have a lot of juice on it at all. Missouri's down to bare minimum. I I do like the young quarterback for the Tigers. Uh, I mean, we can talk about the game if you want to. I'm more interested in your thoughts on if it's if it is indeed down to those two, who's the right hire? If it's Billy Napier or Shane Beamer, which which, which, which well, you're... Billy Napier makes the most sense. Look, I here's the thing about it, and I'm going to say it again. I'm going to try to be quicker this time. Look, if you're South Carolina, you want to be big time. You know, nothing against Shane, but Shane's never been a head coach. I mean, you're going to do that now, really? You're going to go down that path and take that risk. Look, making selections on who you hire as the coaches like draft picks, Neil, it's not just the candidate or the player, in this case, the coach, but who else is out there? Billy Napier, I am most assuredly to take the job and he's more proven and, you know, he's got ties to the area, which I think is way overrated. It's just a bonus, but the guy's done a really good job. It's a jump up from Louisiana Lafayette. To South Carolina. It's a jump up from Coastal Carolina and Charlotte. It's a but if you're not going to make the run at U Freeze, then this is what you're you're getting at. I mean, I don't think they I mean, my God, the Ray Tanner says I, I want a Southern guy in a radio interview. Okay, it's fine. I mean, you don't even want to have a discussion. And I don't know, maybe he meant that, maybe he didn't, but you don't even want to see privately if a Luke Fickle wouldn't be interested. I don't think Luke want that job, but again, you got to do your due diligence. I, I think it's Billy Napier. I, I think it's Shane Beamer might, I think has a chance to be a good coach. I guess my point is you've got somebody that's proven versus somebody that's done it at a lower level or somebody that's never done it. I think, look, that's obviously a risk they're willing to take. Nothing against Shane. Love his dad think he's a good recruiter, but I mean, my goodness, I don't get that. I, I can tell you, I think they're, you know, I don't know. I mean, that, 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 that's a little bit surprising to me. I don't know that that's the move that Sark wants to make. And I, I don't really get the sense that that's a real, I mean, it's a down the line move. I think it's Billy Napier. I think you're right. Spartan says South Carolina will regret firing Muschamp in two years, looking at a Chad Morris situation. Well, I don't think they're going to regret firing Muschamp. I think they're going to regret the next coach. It's kind of like when people say that, Spartan Barton, and you know, I don't know how you feel about it, but yeah. look, sometimes when you when you have to make a move, you have to make a move. Yeah. But because you make a move doesn't mean you hire the right guy. And if you hire the wrong guy, that doesn't mean that the previous move that you made firing the other guy was bad. It just means you screwed up two hires in a row. Or three, or you know, Tennessee's on three in a row. You can screw it up. Sure, I think Napier's a solid hire. Frankly, I, I think he's solid. I do think yeah. he's solid. Do I think he's going to? Could he take South Carolina to the level that maybe a Hugh Freeze could? No, I don't think so. But, but you know, I'll this I'll tell you this. Solid. I know you and I disagree on this a little bit. I think his floor is higher than Freeze's floor. Because I've seen Freeze's floor, and it's low. Yeah, well, and and I don't know that I disagree. It's just I have to 
I have to assume, and when you assume, you sometimes look like the first three letters of that word. Um, I, 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 I don't know Hugh personally. Obviously, I didn't know him nearly as well as I thought I did um, until some of the coaches around the, the SEC said, oh, you didn't know about Coach Swag? I said, that's Coach Swag. They, they, that was his nickname around the SEC. I'm aware. Short for Jimmy Swaggart, which for people who don't know, Jimmy Swaggart is a televangelist in Louisiana that got caught in a similar vein. Uh, anyway, moving off of that, um, I just would think that I guess this is logic that I should, unless you've got some kind of an addiction problem, and, and I don't want to go down that path. I, it's a, I mean, you know, sure. my God, Neil. I mean, you 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 would think that he would be the safest hire off the field now, knowing that he has no margin for error. I would think he'd be the safest guy. <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't know that. Maybe there's some demons in there that just will come out. I, I don't know that. And so I am kind of leaving that up to and look, that's why if you're South Carolina or anyone else, you got to make that call. I try to stick to the football part and I always say like in my coaching search stuff is look, here's a good football fit. Here's what I think makes football sense. But you know, if you can't work with them, I mean, it doesn't do any good. It's like saying, you know, introducing to your wife. I mean, you know, you it's the chemistry's got to be there, and you it's got to be good for you, right? It's a match making situation. It's a marriage, is what it is professionally. Uh, we didn't even touch Georgia and Mississippi State. Mississippi State a twenty four point favorite. I mean twenty four point dog. JT Daniels at Georgia. Yes, that's starting. I'm that's, curious. That's the storyline of this game. Yep. How he does, what he does, how much you let him do. Do they break him in? Do they go heavy, or do they kind of, you know, well, curious to see JT Daniels this week and the rest of the season. And it's a sign that Georgia knows that might as well start preparing for getting this offense fixed because they're out of it in terms of the race. Um, we're at an hour, so we'll, 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 we'll close here. I'm just curious, uh, Indiana at Ohio state, you've got Wisconsin at Northwestern, uh, Oklahoma state at Oklahoma, Bedlam, uh, USC at Utah. There are some other games. Those two big 10 games are really interesting. Obviously is there, they any, are. Is there any scenario where Indiana uh, keeps the Cinderella slipper on her foot? For, for a little while, yes, Ohio State's too explosive. Love the way Indiana plays. Tom Allen is a guy yeah. that I'd be looking at. I don't give a damn, pardon my French, whether it's – I mean, this guy – this guy's got a lot of southern ties and Florida ties, by the way. Yeah. That's a guy to really look hard at, and, you know, I'd be making a run at um, heavily. Uh, but, no, I don't think ultimately they can do that. Wisconsin, Northwestern, it's essentially right now – for the West of the Big Ten, at least this week anyway. Uh, Bedlam, can Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy, win in this big game? They've not fared well before. Uh, you know, USC better not play the, you know, get down in the game and come back on Utah, though Utah, we haven't seen them yet. Uh, speaking of you, Freeze, do they continue the ACC tour and beat NC State? And, folks, Cincinnati's defense matching up against an explosive Central Florida offense that's on monitor two in the second wave of games for me. That's that's really intriguing. So, um, yeah, some interesting games. Not a great slate, but better than last week, more games. Yeah, so enjoy uh, your football Saturday, your football weekend. Hope everybody stays safe. Like I said at the beginning, if you're traveling, heading out uh, to wherever for uh, Thanksgiving, be careful on the roads. 
stay safe. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again on Tuesday. We'll recap these games and uh, hopefully look ahead to a full slate of uh, Thanksgiving weekend games in the SEC as we get closer and closer to December and the playoffs and all of that stuff. So for Chris Landry, I'm Neil McCready. That does it for this edition of SEC Football and Beyond. Thanks to all of you in the live stream for all your contributions. Really fun having you with us. And uh, we'll talk to you guys again on Tuesday. Take care. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.